Blog Talk Radio. Across the United States, it's, it's, it's snowing here in Cincinnati, Ohio, and it's 21 degrees outside right now. Um, but at any rate, I hope it's one where y'all hope you enjoy yourselves. Anyway, this is Scott Burks with a podcast called The Clown Hour. It's a podcast part of my sports ball called The Clown Times. Cross over K. You can find me on the web, by the way, at www.theclowntimes.net. And you can find me on Facebook as well, whether you're on your smartphone, laptop, desktop, wherever you are. Just do a search for the clown tiger to find me there as well. We got a lot to get into as far as all things collegiate athletics. We just had the college football uh, uh, playoff selection committee. I mean, this is top four. I don't have much to argue about that. Uh, we'll get into that. We'll break down LSU as win over um, over Alabama this past weekend and what that means for the playoffs. Um, and we're going to have a little fun. We're going to debate the strongest conference as well. And, you know, pretty, pretty much like talk about the playoffs to expand to A, to leave it as S4. And if we have a little time, we'll get into some college basketball, just throw the collegiate, so college basketball fans in their bone. Anyway, to help me break that down, it's a person who is new to the game, so to speak, new to the podcast. I follow him on Twitter. He's hilarious. Follow him on Twitter. You can follow him at, at the U.S. of NCAA. And his name is Devin. And he wants to be known as Devin. From US, the U.S. of NCAA. Great follow. So, Devin, welcome, my man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Hey, hey, thank you for joining this podcast. It's, it's I've been it's been the making for a while because you know your your tweets make me laugh out loud <laughs> sometimes. But <laughs> speaking of which, tell me how and the listeners how you came to you come to do what, uh, what you do. So, basically, for those of you who don't know who about uh, Devin his, in, in his Twitter account. He pretty much displays hilarious videos, and he goes that caption, name that school. So, so tell the viewers, so, so tell the listeners how you've, you've come across that and how long you, you've been doing it. Uh, well, honestly, I mean, I started the account 
I started the account over the summer. I was just kind of bored, you know. It was you know dog days of summer, not a whole lot going on, and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna you know make a make a website, make a Twitter account, you know, start you know tweeting stuff about college football and basketball. You know, I love I love college football, I love college basketball. So I, you know, I figured I'd have some fun with it, you know. And everybody does the analysis thing, you know, breaking it down. But I was like, I just want to you know, be be funny about it, have some humor, you know, because nobody there's not enough people doing that. Everybody's being all serious. Like, need to make it fun. But yeah, I mean, the what school that's kind of become like my thing. Yeah, I'm trying to make that like my blocker charge. Yeah, shout out Rex Chapman. But um, that's kind of I don't I don't even really remember how I came up with it. Like you know, I've I've grown up in a college sports family. You know, I've done this you know my entire life. You're talking college sports, and I'm always like, yeah, that's your that's a insert school here, man. You everybody knows the stereotypes, you know, at a certain school. So like, right. I put a random video and see and see what people think about the stereotypes of the school. I mean, it does, it does people you know related to sports. They don't. I don't care what they do, but like. It's all about the stereotypes. Everybody, you know, everybody knows what that SEC frat boy looks like. You know what I'm saying? Everybody knows what right. the, you know, Big Ten nerd guy looks like. You know, so that's kind of what I'm going for. You know, just play into those stereotypes that everybody knows and laughs about. Which, 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 which university? I'm curious about this. Has been your favorite whipping boy, so to speak, because you you put up videos like one video like where you were focused on Georgia, like in the sense that the young lady was doing the abro. Right, some years she fell flat on her face. It was, I hate to say that I laughed at her, but I, I laughed at her loud about that. But which, <laughs> which, which university has been your favorite whipping boy to this point? It's like, would you say? I don't know if I have a favorite. I mean, I kind of dish it out as it comes around. Like, you know, like Georgia, Georgia's earned it, you know, with their November reputation. You know, like, so I, you know, right. Schools who've earned it, I give it to like early in, early in the season, I find myself picking on Tennessee a lot early in the football season, but that's because they deserve it. But, I, you know, I've been backing off now because, you know, they've been playing well. So, I don't know, man. I mean, I just – I kind of dish it out. You know, it all comes around like, you know, once I'm done talking to you Kentucky fans, you get ready because this will be coming to y'all. I know because I just noticed that Evansville, University yeah. of Evansville, beat Kentucky at Rupp Arena. So, number one went down this evening, and that's hilarious. I don't know how good Evansville is. But I do know how obnoxious Kentucky fan is living in Cincinnati, Ohio, and it's it's it's. I'm ready to clown people. I'm ready to clown people. So my friend, bring it on, bring it yeah, on. Kentucky I am fans. for you. Yeah, be hey, on. No, those those Kentucky boys tonight, man. It was like it was like you know that kid you see like in, in church on Sunday morning, just kind of slouching in the chair. You know you don't want to be there. He clearly don't want to be there. His mama made him get up. That was Kentucky tonight. <laughs> right. That was that was Kentucky. They didn't want to be there at all. Cal made them play yeah, to their place, but they didn't want to. They want no part of that. Do you could you imagine how practice is going to be tomorrow with Cal, with Coach Cal, Cal Terry? I mean, could you imagine? I mean, we we, we all thought that um, that Coach Saban would lie to his, would lie to Alabama at halftime in after the game, but man, yeah. I seen Coach Cal get animated. I heard that Coach Cal is a task message, like despite his reputation of sending guys to the pros. Yo, if you could find a video that could match that that could capture that moment of what that moment we think that moment would would, would be like, that would be awesome. I'm just gonna have to. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'll be I'll be trying to find some good ones tonight. Don't worry, you don't have to worry about that. I mean, the Kentucky fans will reprieve because I'm on the show right now, so it's not coming right now, but it'll it'll be coming. <laughs> well, but yeah, I mean, one, one more thing before we get into the college football. Um, you mentioned that you grew up around a college family. Um, I, I'm originally from from New York, from Brooklyn, but I grew up in North Carolina, from 
in Winston-Salem. Um, okay. And, you know, I grew up maybe 12 miles from Wake Forest University. And, you know, I went to NC State. And so this time of year, you know, it, it's like it's like ACC sports fan is totally different when it comes to football and basketball because I think of football outside of NC State and Clemson and maybe Florida State. It's very whiny and cheesy, right? I, I, I mean, I can picture a video where, you know, because you mentioned SEC is like the, the quote-unquote typical frat boy environment because they're wild about the football and whatnot. Probably say the same about the right. 12, to be honest with you. Um, yes, but, I, but I have a buddy of mine who's from Nashville who's an SEC hawk. And he, 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 he poked fun of the, 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 the ACC when we were talking about, like, collegiate football over, like, lunchtime in between our son's soccer games so a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, so he said that he said ACC fan would like to drink a beer with his pinky raised up a bit. And I'm like, that is so good. Uh, so I didn't argue about that. But, man, it's, it's good. Stuff. It's a great time of the year for bragging rights for the oh, college yeah. folks. For college I, know, I, always, I always say it's like, we, I mean, in a couple of weeks, got Thanksgiving coming up. I say that's the most underrated sports week of the year because that whole yeah. week you got all day, you got all day college basketball, all day college football, like the entire week. It's great. It's a great time right. for college sports. And a lot of the rivalry games take place that week because that's the last week of the season, the regular season. Uh, uh, yeah, so yeah, that's that's, that's yeah. Might as well get to it now, brother. Um. We saw the top four, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia. I, I don't have many things to argue, much to argue about. You know, typically I don't get hot and bothered until um, maybe um, the, the, the last, second to the last ranking, if you will, because everything seems to, to shape out at the end anyway, most of the time. Um, so I, I don't think we'll have much debate over the top four. To, like, I'd like to be honest with you. What, uh, what, uh, what say you? Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's really, it's hard to argue what's going on because I mean, like you said, it's all going to play itself out anyway, so it doesn't really matter at this point. But I mean, it's really hard to. I mean, maybe the only thing is, I don't know. It's hard to see like, I don't know, the Alabama Georgia debate, but like, like it's gonna, that's going to play itself out. I mean, I don't know. There really isn't. I agree with you. There isn't a whole lot to really disagree with because it's all pretty cut and dry at this point where everybody should stand. I mean, you know, teams like Baylor and Minnesota have a chance to play their way up, you know, and they're, the teams at the top are still going to lose. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's not a whole lot not a whole lot to debate after tonight's poll. Yeah. I, you know what? It's, what's interesting is, you know, sometimes like Shannon Sharp on, 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 on Undisputed likes to call – the uh, college football playoff, the Alabama Invitational, because Alabama's <laughs> in it every year, and it seems like the the community the, the, the likes to put Alabama in the conversation, particularly that one year where they did not even win their own division, yet got to the playoffs, and of course, the Georgia to win all, pick them over mm-hmm. Um But I look at I look at the rankings, I see Alabama sitting at five, so it's like, <laughs> I mean, look. Alabama's resume is similar to Clemson's in that they not of them have a good win. You know what I'm saying? I think Alabama's yeah. best win is same as Clemson's best win, which is Texas A and M. We all know how yeah. I don't want to say how bad Texas A and M is, but you know how mediocre that they are, let's put it that way. And, you know, like you know, 
I, I just don't see any opportunity for Bama to pick up a, a, a marquee win, except if they maybe play one, they maybe play Auburn. Um, I mean, that's yeah, that's all they really got left. Yeah, yeah, Auburn. That's all they have. And I think that do they, do they do, does Auburn come to Tuscaloosa? I, I don't I have think to that's it. I think it's, um, I think it's. I think it's in Auburn. Oh, well, there yeah, you go. It, that's it. So, you know, what's funny is, speaking of Auburn, they have a chance to really muck some shit up. Because mm-hmm. in addition to Alabama, they played Georgia this weekend, this coming weekend at Auburn on the plane. So, I mean, Auburn, they're out of it. They're pretty much out of it, even though they're 7-2, they're out of it as far as the college football playoff uh, goes. But they have a chance to really mess things up for their two rivals, particularly Alabama, yeah, I mean, because both Georgia and Alabama come to the Plains. So we may be looking at, dude, we may be looking at the Pac-12 back on their way in to the top four next week because you got Oregon and Utah sitting there both at 8-1, and, and maybe Minnesota sitting there at 9-0. and if they, But if they be Iowa, even though I don't think that's going to happen because Iowa pretty much owns Minnesota. They'll be playing in Iowa this weekend. But this crazy to me that we may see a total demographic, conference demographic shift next this this next 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 Tuesday this time next week. If if uh, the first if, if Auburn does the beat against Georgia, and then later on down down the line they do it against Bama. I mean, yeah, I mean. You talk about Auburn. I mean, they pretty much had this, they had this exact same scenario a couple of years ago, and they beat both Georgia and Bama. And it's yeah. really not mattering. But I mean, right. Auburn, Auburn's always, <laughs> always Auburn's always kind of that chaos team. You know, they always they're always messing up something for somebody. It might be themselves, but they're always going to mess up something. So I mean, yeah, I would expect. I, I mean, I'd expect some crazy, some wacky stuff from, from Auburn the rest of the year, just because they got the they always have the opportunity for it, and they always deliver. I mean, they say they're, they're just the kings of chaos. They, they messed it up for Bama. They can mess it up for Georgia. And they sure as hell can mess it up for Auburn, too. So, we'll see. I mean, yeah, they got, they got a big opportunity there to really throw a wrench into things. Let me ask you this. Speaking of Auburn, that just popped in my head. Gus Malzahn. I mean, he's been rumored now, now that Chad Morris was fired from Arkansas. You know, I think I think Malzahn's Arkansas native. That mm-hmm. would he tend to go, go home, so to speak, because it seems like the Auburn fan base, is, has never really been happy with Malzahn, no matter how much success he's had there. For some reason, but well, I mean, them, it, it, it just baffles me. So why? So do you think? Well, first of all, why do you think the fan base never really, never really got been on board with Malzahn? And if it's possible for Malzahn to walk away from it all after this season? Well, I mean, there's there's two types of weeks at Auburn. There's uh, we love Gus Week extending forever, and then there's a fire Gus Week. There's no in between. Every week's one of those two. So, I mean, and it's really, I mean, it's like it's the same situation for Gus two years ago. Everybody's like, you got to beat Georgia and Bama or you're going to get fired. You beat them, they stick around. Same thing. I mean, you got to beat Georgia and Bama. He's, I mean, I would assume he'd get fired. I don't really know. I mean, if he, you know, if he finishes eight and four with that schedule, that's not that bad. But at the same time, you know, with the expectations, they, you know, they're expecting, you know, to be in the playoff every year. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that that job at Arkansas, though, man, that's that's a tough situation to step into. Like, I I mean, that is a 
long-term rebuild right there. Like, I don't know. I don't know if Gus would be up for that or not. But, I mean, yeah, going, the going home thing would definitely be, you know, part of the draw for him. But, man, that is a that is a big-time rebuild. But, I mean, I have I really do – I have a hard time believing that Gus is still at Auburn at the end of this year. I, don't, I think, I think yeah. this is going to be his last month. Let me let, let me let me let me throw something really crazy at you right quick. Since I love to live dangerously, okay. Um, okay. Being that, being that there's another Power Five school with a with a job opening, uh, that has recently gone off off into the crapper. What do you think of Miles, this guy like Miles on at say Florida State, or is Florida State as much of a dumpster fire as Arkansas at this point? I think Florida State's a better situation just because you already have better talent on the roster and a better recruiting base to begin with. But I right. mean, they're both they're both tough because you go to Arkansas, you're competing with Bama, LSU, and Auburn in that division. You go to Florida State, you're trying to catch Clemson. Like I mean, neither one's an ideal scenario to step into because both have the insanely high. You know, Florida State's got higher expectations than Arkansas, but I mean, it's just that's tough both sides. I think Florida State. If I I think Malzahn would be more successful in the short term at Florida State just, just because he inherits a better roster, you know, a better recruiting situation. So, I mean, that, yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, I really I really don't see Malzahn wanting to just attack a full rebuild like this. But, but I mean, both these searches are interesting because they'll be targeting a lot of the same guys. So, we'll see, you know, who's up for it. But right. I don't know, man. You know what's weird, dude? I mean, I don't know how old you are, but I'm, I'm in my mid-40s. So, I remember I'm, from Florida State – I'm, I'm I'm not, I'm not quite that old. <laughs> I, I just turned 21. I'm not quite that old. Okay. Well, nonetheless, there was a time in the 90s that I remember well, the 80s and 90s, where Florida State was pretty much Alabama and Clemson rolled up into one, led by right. the legendary Bobby Bowden and everything else, more done, other NFL luminaries, Hall of Famers, things like that, Derek Brooks and such. Uh, work done. I think I said work done earlier. Um, but but it, 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 but people don't seem to forget that Florida State. They're only what is it 2019. They're only like close to five years removed yeah. from the national title. It's not that long ago. Yeah, and that 2013 team was stacked too. I mean, because all 22 starters played yeah. in the NFL. Like that team was absolutely loaded. Yes. Yes, Jameis Winston and uh, 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 the running back who's now in Minnesota, Dalvin Cook, and a host of other people on offense and defense without the ball. It's not to me. I mean, to me, I mean, it's like Kevin Benjamin, exactly, uh, even though he ain't his way out the league. But, you know, the thing is is that, you know, they, to your point we said earlier, they're uh, in a hot recruiting bed. I mean, I mean, recruits, they could just fall out of bed and land like three or four four-star recruits. It's just that they've got that they got to make the right hire. And there are plenty of great yeah. coaches out there that can make it happen, even those who are out of the game or those who are still in it. Like uh, Matt Rule of Baylor, um, even though I think he's setting aside from the NFL at this point, and um, the, 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 and uh, Iowa State's that coach as well. I mean, just in Memphis, uh, Mike Norvell, just to name quite a few, uh, but it's yeah, it's 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 sad what's going on Florida State. But speaking of ACC, um, is it just me or is that Clemson is like totally forgotten? 
they're the they're, they're the national champ, and they're sitting there at number three. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why. Obviously, for the ACC is being hot garbage. Uh, um, you know, not uh, too impressive wins of resume, but isn't this is it? But some tells me that 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 coach uh, 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 Dabo Sweeney is licking his chops because. This is where he wants them to be. He wants them to be disrespected. He wants the squad to still regarded I and mean, to be forgotten, so they can just continue to kick ass like they did again, that they did against Eastern State over the weekend in Raleigh. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, Dabo's definitely loving this because this gives him a chance to play the underdog role, even though they're really not an underdog. You know, they're the defending champs, they're undefeated. But I mean. I think part of that's because nobody's really watching them. Because I mean, besides maybe the A and M game and the scare against Carolina. You know they uh right they really haven't they really hasn't been much reason yeah, I mean there hasn't been much reason to pay attention to him because every time you flip it over to a Clemson game they're up by at least four touchdowns so I mean right. I don't know man they're just steam they're steamrolling through the ACC which I think that's why people forget about it because you know they're not playing like super exciting competitive games but I mean they're just getting it done right. week to week out you know I mean yeah that 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 NC State curb stomping was like the, the easiest thing to see coming I mean you know they got ranked fifth and you know Davis going to be all Playing disrespect, and this NC State is just terrible with zero offense. So like that was, that was coming a mile away. Yeah, and I felt bad for for NC State because two is a because Clemson was disrespected, placed that fifth in the in the committee's initial rankings, even though it was early, but still the point was well taken. Uh, and also, my alma mater NC State had the nerve to schedule Clemson for homecoming. You do not yeah, schedule a team like full homecoming. Yeah, that was a bad move. Really? Plus, 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 I mean, it was just a, it was just a perfect storm for NC State because the homecoming they got that national TV primetime slot. It was like 30 degrees yeah. outside. Clemson had been ranked number five. They've been you know they've been licking their chops all week to make a statement. And I mean, you just see that coming a mile away. I mean, I'm honestly surprised it wasn't worse. Like because <laughs> it could have been. Yeah, I know. I know, and but it just goes to show you that the schedulers, the homecoming schedulers, should let the football people make the decision. I'm pretty sure that Dave Dorn and Warren Clemson for homecoming. Yeah, you know, my schedule scrub for homecoming, not the defending national champs, especially now that they got, they got disrespected by the ranks. But anyway, they should have just like, they should have looked at the uh, CF. Poll last week, it just moved homecoming a week. They should have just moved it like two days before, just because. But. They, they should have just looked, they should have just looked uh, yeah, they should have just looked at it and said, oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just move it. Right. So, let me, speaking of undefeated, this, we may be looking at a possibility where we will have like three undefeated teams in the last, in the final four, if you will, of the, of, of the college football playoff rankings because besides Clemson, I really looking at the schedule. I did not see anyone beating Ohio State. I'm having a hard time seeing a team like Georgia beat LSU in the uh, SEC championship game. Um, maybe Georgia has the best shot, I guess, at knocking off of. Uh, I mean, I should say LSU be having the best, the higher odds of being knocked off as, a, as the ranks are being because Georgia is so good and the SEC in general is so good. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, we could be like on the collision course as to have like like a super duper Final Four with LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson remains unbeaten. 
Oh, so it's just like yeah. every man. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because, like, around, around this time of year, I always get people getting upset, like, oh, my God, there's so many undefeated teams. Like, you know, somebody's going to get left out. Of the, like, I mean, that's never going to happen. But even even having three undefeated sounds crazy. But, yeah, like you're saying, you look at the schedule, it's like I really don't believe Clemson's losing to anybody. And Ohio State probably right. isn't either. I mean, maybe – I mean, they got Penn State and Minnesota still, but I, they don't trust Penn State going to Columbus, and I really don't trust Minnesota on a neutral site because the Buckeyes always play well in the championship game. I mean, yeah, LSU right. feels like the safest bet, but the only – I mean, it, it would have to be Georgia in the SEC title game. To, and I don't I – mean, I don't know. Like, they probably don't lose that one. But, I mean, yeah, you, you definitely, right. it's definitely possible. It, I mean, it feels as likely as it's ever been that we have, you know, two or three undefeated teams going into the playoff. Well, to me, what's going to come down to, man, just given all that, you know, at first I don't see the top three losing. I don't see LSU – Ohio State, nor Clemson losing the rest of the year, and that includes conference championships. So it really comes down to the four spot, right? So the way it looks now, say like if our Armageddon scenario works out with Auburn, and the Auburn's are beating Georgia and Alabama at home, that would mean if Oregon or Utah went out, I see a Pac-12 team in there. Very, yeah, I mean, it's very. Uh, there's a very, po- a very possible scenario where that Pac-12 title game is a play-in game. That's a, like almost yeah. a likely scenario, I think, at this point, where that Pac-12 title game is for that fourth spot. But I mean, like we were talking about earlier, Auburn holds the key, man. I mean, Auburn—they're the—they're the kings of chaos in college football. Like you know, if you, if you think you know what's going to happen in an Auburn season, that's when you don't know what's going to happen. So. I mean, yeah, they hold the key because you know, they got they got number four and five on the schedule, so they they control a lot. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. This is the ultimate chaotic scenario. Say you got a two-loss Georgia team beating LSU. Again, I don't think it's going to happen. But what if you have a two-loss Georgia team beating LSU in the SEC championship game? What the hell do you do then with LSU if you're the committee? I think so. if that's LSU's only loss, I think they still make it. If yeah, I, I do too. I, don't, I mean, I mean, as you say, it depends on what else is going on. But I really, I, I really have a hard time leaving them out. Because I mean, I still put them ahead of Georgia with the with Georgia's two losses. Like I mean, you got Ohio State and Clemson, obviously, and that would bring you know, either the Pac-12 champion or Oklahoma potentially into play. But I mean, I, I have a yeah. hard time because LSU LSU's got the best win of the year, so uh, I'd I have a really hard time leaving them out. I, I agree with that. So basically. I don't think the committee would take a two-loss SEC champ. I don't care if they're champ or not, conference champ or not. I think LSU would get the nod in spite of all that. They're probably I – w- I could see LSU drop it to number four just to punish them for not winning the, champ- the, the, the conference championship. But that's about it. I wouldn't see them going below number four. Uh, I, yeah, see, I, I would see Ohio State, Clemson jumping up, and maybe a, in the Pac-12 team landing in the three spot, whatever that would be. And, uh, yeah, LSU is going to number four. I'll, with two losses, Georgia's not getting there, no matter if they beat LSU yeah, or not. Yeah, I'd agree with that. If LSU gets to the SEC title game undefeated, they should be safe. Unless, I mean, yeah. maybe, if they, maybe if they just got absolutely just hammered by Georgia, maybe. Even then, they'd still probably right. get it, I think. But Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> because they've got great wins. They won at Texas, even though Texas is 
the number 19th in the uh, in the college football playoff poll, but they won at Texas, they won at Alabama, uh, they beat Auburn at home, they beat Florida. And they, yeah. they have to beat A&M, too. So. I mean, yeah, nothing stacks up to that. Nothing stacks up to yeah, that resume. I mean, yeah, so, I mean, aside from LSU getting kidnapped against, like, <laughs> Ole Miss, Texas A&M to finish up the season, they're in. They're in. If they get yeah, the dog game, they, they're in. You're right, though. If LSU does get kidnapped, it would be against Ole Miss. That's, that would be the school to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, let me ask you this, man. Um, you know, I, I've been curious, like, because of the, over the past few years, the people are talking about tricking the playoff, like possibly expanding it. Um, you know, the eight teams, this common one saying eight teams, I heard people say 16. Me, I personally like it the way it is. I love chaos, but it makes it more exciting because every game of the college ball regular season matters. And there's something to be said about that. You know, if, if they do expand it, though, I think that they should make it 10. Is make it just conference champions from the group of five, from the power five and group of five. If they just bump it, I, make the yeah, first. I like that. I don't. I don't really yeah, see the need to expect to expand right now because, like, it, I mean, yeah. you know, when you get to the end of the season, you're looking at the rankings. You're looking at like you know the seven and eighteen. Are they really you know worth it? But if I would expand, I'd go to eight, and I'd make it the five power okay. five champions, two at large bids, right. and the best group of five teams. There's your eight. Yeah, I, agree. I totally agree with that because if they don't, if they don't include a group of five, to me it's a non-starter because it'll be obvious that you really try to keep them out of it. You know what yeah, I mean, if they don't, so, if they don't give them a slot, then they're never going to get it. Right. So I would be if, if they went to eight, I would be okay with three at-larges and not the group of five slot. I mean, giving a group of five team a chance. I mean, it would probably never happen, but in theory they would have a chance. Right. But if, if, they, expand, if they expand, I'd, I'd rather see them give a guaranteed group of five slot to whoever that best team is. See, I would throw in a wrinkle. I would, I would, I would stipulate that a group of five team must finish within the – I want to say within the top ten – but I'm willing to expect to just to be to let that slide to the top 15 because to me that would be yeah. more than reasonable because you you see the way it's like right now you got the University of Cincinnati at 17, Memphis at 18, Boise at 21, Navy at 23rd, and Appalachian State, or Mountaineers at 25. So yeah, they're I think, at I think more end. Yeah, I can yeah, go. I, was, I can go for that because. Yeah, because well, I mean, and most years you get you know that whoever that group of five team who ends up in the New Year's Six, they're coming you know from that normally around that top fifteen, top ten you know or between like fifteen and ten range anyway. So yeah, I mean, I could I could go for that because most years you'd probably get one in that spot. Yeah, I mean that yeah that's me. To me, like I said again, to me, I like it the way it is. And if anything, a lot of people banned on the uh, on the BCS. Because you got computer nerds setting up the college championship championship and whatnot, um, but to me, this this model what we have right now is like the plus one model that some that some that some commissioners wanted during the BCS years. You know, just have like like four teams play, and if it sets up the way it sets up a certain way, like maybe 
I don't know if you have like say three undefeateds, one really really strong, one lost conference champ playing uh, the New Year's weekend, and if you still have an undefeated team and then a, and another undefeated team from the from the opposite games, how do you get out for the of all the marbles? That's what this is. To me. This is like the BCS 2.0. You still have your your major bowl of like with conferences and whatnot. The New Year's they call it the New Year's Six Bowls now. But those are BCS bowls still, right? And you yeah, know, I mean, you still have like it's still to me. It's like one to me. It's like the N one system that college commissions wanted for the past several years in the BCS era. But yeah, it's basically like that. Except I mean, they're deciding who those four teams are before they play the bowl games instead of you know playing the bowls and deciding who's playing for the championship like they were talking. You know, playing those BCS bowls and then deciding, but. I mean, yeah, so one thing as far as expansion to watch out for, though, I'm telling you, there's going to be a correlation to Alabama missing the playoff and college football playoff expansion. Just watch. If Bama misses that playoff, then those talks are going to be heating up. You know what? That's ironic you said that because as far as Alabama goes, because remember, what was it, 2007, 2008? I forget when, when the hell it was. When that BCS had LSU and Alabama playing for the national title. Remember that when Alabama oh, yeah. didn't even win their own yeah. conference. And, yeah, you know, 2011. Yeah, 2011. That's what it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, because that, yeah, because that that game was the end of the BCS. That was, that was the last time LSU beat exactly. Alabama too in the regular season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, like I just because. I mean, you'll get all those dudes like Harvey Updike, you know, charging the committee, you know, charging the Dallas airport where they do all the committee meetings and whatnot. And I don't know, who knows what's going to happen. You get, you know, you unleash those people on them. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Bama misses it. You get some serious expansion talk. Yeah. You know, what? And to me, I thought the expansion talk would start last year because you had Notre Dame getting over the likes of Ohio State. And a couple other schools, you know, Ohio State shouldn't have gotten curb stomped by Purdue last year. Some of them getting yeah. curb stomped by Iowa the year before that. But because um, like, I remember Jim Delaney making a lot of noise out of the Big Ten about expansion. And he carries a very big economic stick and clout. Mm-hmm. So I think it's the inevitable, brother. I think, this, I think eight teams is going to be the inevitable. It's just a matter of when. And I don't think they're going to wait yeah. at the end of the contract to make it happen. I think, especially in, to your point, if Bama or other powerful schools get left out this year and maybe next year, it's going to really accelerate that talk some more about expanding it. And they got how many, I think, four more years in this contract? I don't know offhand. Yeah, I, don't, yeah, I mean, if it's like, like the unthinkable happens and you end up with either like Minnesota or Baylor in over Bama, then yeah, you could count on eight teams as soon as possible. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we'll get you out on, on this, bro. Um, since it's college basketball season, might as well just talk a little college basketball. I, you know, I thought about you when we were talking when I had my college basketball podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, but uh, let me just go ahead and ask you, who's your final four? I don't know. I mean, I th- I think Michigan State is still the best team in the country, even after losing to Kentucky okay. last week. I trust them the most because right. I trust they have, they have the best player. They have 
a lot of experienced pieces. They're the team I trust the, right. mo- the most to get there. I really like Louisville. I like Louisville a lot because similar to Michigan State, they've got experience and they've got a lot. They got a lot of pieces. I love Jordan Wara. You know, they got Stephen Enoch, Malik Williams. Yeah, they got a bunch of options inside, and they got a great coach. See Chris Mack. He's got a role now. I like coach. I like Carolina, but I don't love Carolina having to rely on Cole Anthony like every night. But I, I mean, I like. Yeah. I mean, they got they got arguably one of the best players in the country, and and they have they surround them with some shooters. I mean, it's not a super deep Carolina team, but I think Cole Anthony is your definitely your Kimball Walker type. You know, this guy could single handedly carry a team. So awesome. Yeah, he's, so he's, awesome, he's that man. he's that kind of yeah he's <laughs> he's that kind of player. So he he yeah. could definitely be enough for Carolina to get there. That, I mean, right. that fourth slot. Whew, I mean. I like, I mean, I, man, Kentucky, watching Kentucky tonight, they, they have, whew, that was kind of painful to watch, but I like them. I don't know if I like them to get to the Final Four or not because they don't really have any leadership at all. They're trying to figure out who their leaders are. I mean, but they, they right. got time to figure that out. I don't know, man. That, that fourth spot, that fourth spot's a tough one. I don't, yeah. like, I don't like Duke for a lot of the same reasons. I don't really know where their leadership comes from. I don't think Trey Jones yeah. is all the way there yet, and I and I don't really tr- I don't think those pieces really fit together at Duke. I don't think I don't think the freshmen all fit together as well as some of their previous teams have, and they don't have that like alpha go to guy that they've had recently as well. They sure don't. I, I mean, I don't know who the end of the skits are. <laughs> From that <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that fourth team. I mean, Kansas kind of the same way. They're really Kansas is really struggling on offense right now. I mean, they. Yeah. They they can't they really have no offensive identity. I mean, as a Buki struggled, all their inside guys have struggled. They they haven't been able to hit outside shots. They really have no offensive identity right now. I think mm-hmm. see that fourth team. I mean, I think a sleeper. Everybody's kind of sleeping on Gonzaga. They lost a lot, but they bring back Killian Tilly, yeah. Corey Kisper, got a couple of key grad transfers. Mark Few is an awesome coach. They're kind of they're being slept yeah. on out there. I mean, they'll be they'll be in the Bahamas for Battle for Atlantis. You know, they got a, there's a stack field down there. They play Carolina in December. They play they play Texas they did tonight, I think. But, I mean, they got yeah. they'll be tested they'll be tested in the non-conference, and I mean they could I like them. To, I mean, everybody kind of forgets about them until March. I like I like them to make a deeper run than most people expect. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's I, I really like them a lot. They're they're the best team out west, I think. So. I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those years where there's no there's no like dominant team, and there's not going to be just based on you know who, who the top teams are bringing back and how they're trying to all fit together. So it could, I mean, that, that could be like like last year was similar. You know, we kind of got a wacky Final Four. It could it could lead to a wacky Final Four, but I think gun to my head right now, I'm trusting Michigan State and Louisville the most. You know what? I'll look at my Final Four. I'm kind of scratching my head at myself right now because I went into it. I just, I, you know, I, I agonized over putting whether to put Michigan State in there or not because I really love respect Tom Izzo, especially in tournament time. But uh, he, he, he's, he's been, he, he's been underachieving the tournament the last, well, last year he did anyway. Um, but I agonized putting them Michigan State over, over Kentucky. But I put Kentucky in there, and now I'm feeling stupid about that, given what's happening against Emerson tonight. Um, 
I hate the Tar Heels, but I have them in there because I really love Cole Anthony. That that kid is a baller. He dropped 34 points, 11 rebounds in his first game. As a freshman, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, he's had two double doubles in the first two games. Like that's just crazy from a freshman, especially a freshman point guard. It's amazing. And then I was sharing the brand on Louisville. I got Louisville in there too. I really like Chris Mack as a coach. Actually, I love Matt, you know, as a coach. And I love the fact that they bought into him last year. And they got a lot of their guys coming back. You mentioned earlier, Noir and a few other guys. Um, and living here in Cincinnati, Ohio, I remember seeing Chris Mack at Xavier for some years. He's actually from Cincinnati. You know, he's a West Sider. But, yeah, so I really like him a lot as a coach. And my fourth team is Duke. Um, I, I don't trust Kansas at tournament time. I never have. I never will, especially since Kansas is about to get hammered by the NCAA any time now. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I think this is Kansas last year to skip the middle, to give the NCAA the middle finger before they fade off mm-hmm. to the center after those sanctions they're going to get hit by. Uh, but keep an eye on, keep an eye on, on State on Seton Hall out the big. I think it'll yeah, make you really like. I hate I hate that Miles Powell is not going to play against Michigan State on Thursday because that'd be an awesome game. But yeah, I really like them too. Because I, I, I think yeah. uh, Miles Miles Powell's got he's got he's kind of he's got the same kind of the same kind of Kimball Walker potential I was talking about with Cole Anthony. Like he could just put the team on his back and just right. carry him. But they got they got plenty of inside pieces too. They, they should be a good rebounding team. They should be you know good from three. I mean, the question. I mean, really, Kevin Willard's never never had a deep run before, so we'll see how he, if he can handle that. But yeah, I mean, I like them. I like them. It's gonna be a good battle between them and Nova in the Big East. But I like them a lot too, yeah. for especially as a sleeper team in March. You know, that's gonna be great because of that old school battle. You mentioned Villanova. That's old school Big East basketball, man. Oh yeah. It may not be the way it was in the '80s when I was growing up, but I'm glad to see it back. I'm glad to see Seton Hall about to make some noise. Hopefully, George Sean gets his ass together as well. Um, so, it's going to be a great season, man. It's all starting off great, but it's, it's going to be some good season to follow as well. Hey, this was fun, dude. We got to do this again soon, Devin. Yeah, man. I appreciate you having me. I'd love to be back on. You got it, brother. Take care. All right, man. You too. All right. That's Devin from... Um, the U.S. of NCAA, please look for him on Twitter. It's the same handle. He's hilarious. He's going to put up some videos tonight. I know he's going to hammer UK on the Twitter feed tonight, so so please um, check, check those out as well. But in the meantime, thank y'all for tuning to the podcast. This is Scott Burks, your boy, sent off. Please stay warm tonight. It's cold as hell. It's snowing here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Take care of yourselves. Peace out. Oh, six. Late.